So, good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair. Great to have you joining me here today. And whether you're joining us from our studio audience, whether you're joining us online, joining us from any day of the week or any part of the country, it's wonderful to have you here today. And today what we're going to look at is we're going to look at this topic about what is it that you worry about and, and how can we hold worry in a slightly different way. First off, to get started, I do, however, want to give a big thank you, a big shout out to the folks who joined us in Florida last weekend. You know, New Church Live, again, we're very aware we have congregants spread all over the place. And when we're invited, we try to make trips to different parts of the country. Last week, it was a very, a very much of a hardship tour down to Florida. <laughs> so, so rumor has it it was 10 degrees in Philadelphia, and it was about 70 degrees north of that where we were last week down in Vero Beach. Curtis Childs was, was handled the home church here, and I went down there, had a wonderful time, wonderful time out with, with some meals with some folks, as well as a little church service there. We had 40 people join us in Vero Beach. Really, really fun to do. And I do want to put that invite out there, because some of you might be watching this months or years from now, and we do do those kind of trips, and if that interests you and you have some folks in your area who you'd like us to meet, you know, please get in touch with myself or or with Angela, and we will gladly, gladly start to look towards how that could look for you folks, because it sure is fun to sure is fun to do to get out there. So, so with getting started here, folks, and the idea of worry, it's it's interesting, right? Because worry is is this ubiquitous human experience, and I want to sort of start with the end. You know, where are we trying to go with this with this service? And somebody literally sent me this poem this morning. It's a poem by Mary Oliver called "I Worried." It's a great poem, and I love it, and I wanted to start out with it. I worried a lot. Will the garden grow? Will the rivers flow in the right direction? Will the earth turn as it was taught? And if not, how will I correct it? Was I right? Was I wrong? Will I be forgiven? Can I do better? Will I ever be able to sing? Even the sparrows can do it. And I can't. And well, I am hopeless. Is my eyesight fading or am I just imagining? Am I going to get rheumatism, lockjaw, dementia? And this is the line, the key line here. Finally, I saw that worrying had come to nothing and gave it up. It took my old body and went out into the morning and sang. Beautiful poem is typical of Mary Oliver. And that's what we're going to be looking at today is we're going to be looking at, at how can we sort of give worry up for nothing? You know, how can, we, how can we sort of step out with, the, with our bodies and our lives that are oftentimes very broken, step out into the morning and sing? You know, and it's not about, I want to be so careful. I think folks, you know, as, as we went through this and we talked about this as the team, I think the biggest challenge is, is trying to come, let me back up. I would never want to come across Pollyannish about things that, you know, oh, let's just get rid of all worry and be happy. There is a way we're going to do that, and that's actually going to be our final song. But I don't want to be too simplistic about that, because I know as a pastor some of the worries that you folks carry, and I know some of the worries as a person that I carry, and some of them are, are very legitimate worries, very legitimate concerns. Yet we're going to be coming at it from the, from the idea that worry in and of itself really has very little to offer us. Not the content, but the worry itself and I think that's where, folks, we can start with just taking a look at what are the worries that we have. So take a look. This is a survey of the, of the top 10 worries that Americans have. Number one, work. Number two, money. Number three, health. Number four, what others think. Number five, the past. Number six, death. Number seven, aging. 
Number eight, friend or relative's health. Number nine, relationships. And number 10, being late. And, and, and the, the fun part of that, folks, is I was thinking, boy, you know, a couple of things bring a smile. One is, so much of this is age-specific. You know, I can remember being, being a young adult, and if I'm looking at this in my teenage years, I would have a very different list. The first three would have been my hair, my hair, my hair. And, uh, you know, just they're different worries now. They're just different worries, and worries change over time. But there's still that same basic core underneath it, that same idea just of the concept of worry. And I also want to say this, you know, as I was looking at this list, one of the things that was striking that we were talking about as a team, it's not like we just have one. It's not, all right, so we got 10 worries, which is the one I worry about? I imagine most of us, maybe not all of us, but most of us could go through and we could figure out how we worry in each one of those arenas. What is your worry around work? What is your worry around money? What is your worry around health? You know, and maybe do each one of those on a scale of one to 10. Because we tend to worry about a lot. It's not just like a buffet line where we're just picking out a few things. It's, it's ubiquitous. Again, it's, it's, we have these all-encompassing worries. Most of us have these all-encompassing worries. And yet, you know, God's really clear. This is a clear and clean line from Psalm 37. Do not fret, it only brings harm. Let's just take a breath right there. Do not worry, it only brings harm. Think about that. Think about how harmful actually worry can be. We're We're gonna dive into that a little more deeply. And then the flip of it being, yeah, if we can stop that, you know, that harm that that worry causes, that harm goes away. So what we want to do is we want to start out, folks, just with getting us a little warmed up. You know, as you looked at that list of, you know, again, work, health, relationships on down. When you think about it for yourself, what are you worried about today? What are you worried about today? That's the question we're going to use today. What are you worrying about today? And what you can do, as we often do here on New Church Live, is you can text in an answer to me at 215-740-3662. That's 215-740-3662. And we oftentimes will incorporate these answers throughout the service. It's a way, again, to make sure that, that our online audience feels very much part and parcel of what we're doing here in person as, as well as, as just, to, just to hear the wisdom of people. So folks, as the musicians come out, I'd love to hear from you. What are you worrying about today as we start today's service? And friends, welcome. Welcome to New Church Live. Like a blank page, can start from scratch. And it could be anything, man, there's no catch. It's a good place for a dreamer, a good place for a dreamer to dream away. Blank page. 
nothing like a clean slate and get another shot. Things like you meant to the first time you picked up the chalk. It's a good day for a sinner, a good day for a sinner. So why wait for a clean slate? Sometimes I get caught up where I'm never meant to be It's the curse of being free The curse of being free well, Maybe it's a good day for the travelers and the sinners All the would-be winners The everyday begin again There's nothing like a full tank on the open road Cause every destination is between somewhere If it's somewhere else in this great nation It's your world For a traveler, a good day for a traveler, like cash in the bag. Maybe it's a good day for the travelers and the sinners, all the would be winners, the everyday begin againers. Begin againers. So it's, it's fun to take a look at folks, you know, what people share with his worries. And uh, boy, uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating reading what people have to say. Here's somebody from out west. I'm very worried that my departure from life is suddenly happening way too fast. And it's going to be difficult to get done everything and to be with everyone that feels important to me. Another person writes, today I'm worrying about whether I will find my life partner. Another person, that's a great answer, too many things. I'm worried about another person, I'm worried about my health. I am on a knife's edge for my career, delivering a major project and potentially winning a major program. If these two things fail, my career will be set back materially. Another person writes, I, no longer, I, I worry that I no longer have value in my adult children's lives. Another person, I'm worrying about our ability, inability to start the family we had been hoping for. Another person, my husband says I tick off all the boxes on that list today. Today, I would say relationships. Worrying about everything, like it's my job. <laughs> those, those are great responses. I'm sure we'll get some other ones, and you're welcome to put them in the chat as well. And, and folks, like, these are real things, and it's, and it's very true. And even, even, you know, as I was thinking about it, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's ways in which, too, like even some of the good stuff we do, good stuff we, we can get involved in, some of that even grows out of worry. Like, I can be very much into planning. Well, I would like to say I'm into planning because I want everything to work, but, but 
a lot of the time, frankly, it's driven by worry that something will fail. And, and it's interesting, I, I really, that, that response, like worrying is my job, I think that's what we want to, that's what we really want to try to attack. And it's not attacking like, please, 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 I'm going to say this about 50 times. Please do not hear that as that if you're a warrior, that there's something wrong with you. There's not. Welcome to the human race. It's, it's what happens. It's part of the human experience. And it may just be as all things, please listen to this, it may just be as all things, this worry may be an invitation to see something different in the world. When we finally get tired of it, as the poem said, worry gave it up as nothing and stepped out there into the world. But that takes time. And maybe today we just, we just move the needle just a little bit, or maybe today we just share a thought that, that we hadn't shared before as a way to maybe come to terms with it in a new way. And I want to start, folks, like just, just with this really, really frank, frank, frank statement. And this is from Kate Ballard. There are times when we can't bear up the weight of our lives. There just are those times. Sometimes, folks, I, this is he said over and over again, life is hard. It is not that the life of faith changes the content in your life. Please remember that. I think, for me, my personal opinion is that any pastor who is somehow preaching that differently is selling you snake oil. No, the content of your life will be largely the same. The perspective on that content is what we're talking about. And how do we look at it? How do we, how do we find ways to see that content in a new way? I think that's what's really significant here. So I want to take a look, starting out, folks, at, at what are the mechanics? What are the mechanics of worry? Like, how, does, how do these mechanics work? So I'm going to step over here for a second. I just want us to kind of breathe through this for a second, all right? So I want you to think of, of a particular worry that you hold today, all right? So, so I'll just get a big breath. Yep, this is a worry I have today. And you can't, it cannot be, today is Super Bowl Sunday. I realize people will be watching this way beyond the Super Bowl. It cannot be an Eagles victory or loss. That cannot be your primary concern today. We're talking about real worries, so, so you think about your worry, right? And I want you to notice what happens with your mind here. We're going to go through three steps. And, and I'm going to title these the three steps to catastrophe. So what I want you to do, again, just get a little breath. All right, take that worry. Now just move that worry one step closer to catastrophe. What does that worry become? What does your life look like now lived into that worry? What do you quote unquote know is going to happen? All right, step one. All right, step two. Take that worry another step. Take another step closer to catastrophe. All right, what is that worry morphed into now? What does it look like what do you quote unquote know will happen in that place? And now today we step right up to the edge of the Grand Canyon. All right, take another breath. Take that worry. Take it into that third step towards catastrophe. 
Now what does your life look like? And now what do you quote unquote know? I mean, literally, at least for me, you know, I can feel my life sort of falling off that precipice and, and all these things. You know, that's, that's what happens when we really start to entertain worry. And I want to offer you kind of four ideas of the mechanics of worry. This might be worthwhile for you to take on a note on your phone, because, and they're not in any particular order. These are just, these are just thoughts around how worry works and how it, how it works spiritually. And it's not, you know, there, there is no command. Like, Jesus never commanded us to worry. Think about that. But for a lot of us, as was well said, you know, worry becomes our job. But how do we, how do we shift it? Well, I think part of it is knowing the mechanics of worry. And the first one, folks, and it's, it's one I, 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 want, to, I want to stress, because maybe it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's the key, right? It's understanding we have worry and we have content in our life. And what I would, would posit out there, what I would ask us to think about as a church and as people on this spiritual journey is this. Where do we conflate the content and worry together? Because I think the first mechanic of worry is, is really trying to get worries over here and content is over here. They're not one and the same. Not, I mean, some of the time they obviously are, right? But a lot of the time they're very different. We could imagine, I think we could imagine, you know, that, that time in our youth where we were deeply worried about something. And isn't it interesting, we can get out here into our, into our later years of life, and that same worry comes with us, but the content's totally different. The worry, though, is still the same. I, I think of worry, then, again, if I was to say it, it's, worry is like the weather. It's not like the landscape. It's just the weather that we view the landscape through. And I think that's why it's so challenging for those of us who struggle with being warriors. It's such a hard habit to break. Because literally that, it's, it's really hard to get words to. So my apologies here, folks. It's like, here's the content, this little box. And, and worrying kind of envelops the whole thing like the blob. And it just kind of carries through. And when it's done with that content, you know, when we find out that that content is just not what we thought it was, or we get some form of relief, all that blob is going to do is to, to, to move on to the next piece of content in life that it can somehow hold on to and can somehow hold and can move towards, again, catastrophe. See, see and, that's, and that's the part, folks, right? That's a spiritual dynamic because that voice that is the worry, that grabs hold of content, that moves to catastrophe, that's not heaven. That's not heavenly. I don't think anyone has ever said, my worry feels so heavenly. We just don't because we know it's not. It literally feels like hell because it is. And again, caveat again, don't hold that as like an accusation or feel guilt around that because then you're just adding more worry again. It's just knowing that that's one of the dynamics of worry. Now, here's something to think about as well. With real deep worry, with worry that we've ruminated on, this is mechanic number two. Worry does not yield solutions. I mean, think about it, folks. When we did that little exercise over there, three steps towards catastrophe, 
Probably when I said, what do you know? I wouldn't imagine any of you said, well, this will be the solution to all that. When we worry, we don't think about solutions. Just, you know, that, it's like, it's, it's, it's said so fast, but it's so important. Worry does not yield solutions. Friends, imagine you have a challenge in your life and you're, you're trying to figure out what a solution is. So you go to find a friend, you know, because you want to know what the solution is. I guarantee to you, you're not going to step into a place with a friend who's the biggest warrior you know. <laughs> I mean, we go through challenges, right? And, and I would imagine that all of us, we know the people who can help us to be problem solvers, and we know the people who can, are just going to worry, and we're probably, 99 times out of, out of 100, we're probably going to look to the person who offers a solution, not to the person who offers another worry. Because that's that spiritual dynamic. We know deep in our souls that that, that worry and that concern actually has very little to offer us. Why does it have very little offers? Number three, worry cannot tell the truth. Worry cannot tell the truth. Now, does on occasion it stumble upon the truth? Absolutely. A quote I love, please remember it. It's always good because it always happens. Even a clock that is stopped tells the right time twice a day. That's something to take home. So, of course, worry will have these things where it's like, oh, yeah, see, it happened. Yeah, of course it did. Of course it did. But that's not always true. See, see hell, hell tries to grab hold of what isn't true, what's false. And so it can never, these, these, these emotions like worry. Now, again, folks, I'm not talking the content. Please remember that. I'm not talking the content. The content is really challenging most days. But I'm talking about the worry here. And, and hell, anything, anything that's connected with those negative emotions, it just can't be true because it's coming from what's false, because it's not coming out of a form of love. Now, I'm not talking here about the worries where we're worried for a loved one, per se. I'm talking about just where, we are, where we're just consumed by worry. And it becomes sort of this, this, just this ruminating over and over and over again. So just, folks, just, just, just hold, like, how significant it is. I don't care how you picture it. If you need to write it down, you need to write it, write it down 100 times. Please, please, please see how significant with all these it is and how, how all these are colored by the idea that worry and content are different things. They're different things spiritually and they're different things naturally. Number four, and this is an important one. Worry eats us alive in its obsession in what it knows. One of the challenges with worry is that that worry knows things. That worry is absolutely sure that if this happens, then that happens. Be super careful of that. Because it will masquerade, it'll make it appear like it really knows that it really has sort of an edge on the market of truth. And it just doesn't. 
I don't know. Here's something to think about. I don't know, as, as spiritual people, as we're trying that, we're really working at this spiritual thing. I don't know whether it's possible to be worried and curious at the same time. Is it possible? I don't know. I don't think so. Because when we're curious, we're, we're open, and we're, we're investigating, and we're leaning in, soft front, strong back. We're leaning towards life. We're, we're working towards discovery. We're worried that's, that's not what's going to happen. Wonderful conversation with someone this week. It was a really, really profound conversation. We were talking about life, and, and, and we were talking about, they were talking about, yeah, I, I want to go out and search for, my, search for my identity. Kind of, my identity's out there, I want to go and search for it. And what we, what we came to was the idea that we're not actually searching for our identity, we're discovering our identity. That's, that's the curiosity. That's the part that, that knows, but it's a different kind of knowing. It's not kind of searching out there for things out there and all the anxiety that can come here because that's based on anxiety. Where I am is not where I'm supposed to be. Where I am is not who I really am. It's, it's anxious, 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 so I have to race out there to try to find it. I'll run around and try to find it somewhere like a treasure hidden under a rock. It's not a treasure hidden under a rock. It's a treasure already in your own heart that you have to uncover. What would worry look like if we really believed that? If we really went deep on those, on those ideas. I love the way David Brooks summarized it. He said, worry alters the atmosphere of the mind. It shrinks your awareness. This is really important, folks. Beautiful language here. It shrinks your awareness of the present and your ability to enjoy what's around you right now. It cycles possible bad futures around in your head and forces you to live in, a, in dreadful future scenarios, 90% of which will never come true. And that's come back, even a clock that stopped tells the right time twice a day. Well, 10% of the time, the bad stuff's going to happen. And 90% of the time, it's not. What are you going to live in, the 10% or the 90%? This quote, by the way, I would take a screenshot of that because I think you could, I think you could pull that apart. Like, where has worry changed the atmosphere of your mind? Where has it shrunk your awareness of the present? Where has it pulled in your ability to enjoy what's right around you? What are the possible bad futures that you keep on recycling? And what are the dreadful future scenarios that you keep on playing out? That might be one way to come at it from a, from a healthy spiritual way. And so this, this all begs the question, folks. And we, it was interesting in, in sermon writing team, again, we do everything in circles here at New Church Live. In other words, we get a lot of input. We, the pastor here, myself, I don't regard myself as an expert. I, I really try to, as best we can, work all together because I believe we have all these different insights. And one of the interesting ones we were talking about was this. So is there any such thing as a good worry? And I, I get a little torn by that because I can see like hypothetically, yeah, you know what, we really shouldn't worry at all. And then the other part of me feels a little more grounded around like, yeah, good luck with, <laughs> with that. Good luck. I wish I could jettison it like a bad piece of luggage. I imagine you're the same. Wouldn't it be great if we could just throw it out? 
So I don't know, maybe there are good worries, maybe there aren't, but I, but I think we can at least come to, the, come to the part where we can question this idea of I have to worry. I think some of us, I imagine all of us at certain times, have this belief that if we don't worry, something bad will happen. So our job within our family or our community or within our church is to be the worrier because we believe no one else will be. Now, I realize probably for some of you, it's like, no way, I'm not that person. But if you are, think about it, right? Is, is that your role in the family? Do you have an unspoken commitment to be the worry person in the family and the, and the, and the sort of the subconscious belief that if you don't worry, no one else will, so nothing will get done? Again, not that that's strict answers per se, but, but I think that's stuff that we can think about. And it ties back again, separating worry and content. Separating worry and content. So what can we do? As, as people who are trying to live this, this, this new church Christian message as best we can, what can we actually do? Well, I think, I think we, can, we can bring it to God. I think that's part of what we're supposed to do. Like, like faith is about bringing these things to God and Faith is never about lying. You know, it's never about saying, you know, life is easy or anything like that. It's, it's not about sort of polishing ourselves up and then bringing to God our polished self. No, it's bringing, bringing, it's bringing who you are right now to God, worries and all, with, with no guilt around the fact that you have worries. It's just going like, blah, here I am, God. So maybe our prayer sometimes will look like this. I like that. Dear Jesus, amen. I think, I, think, I think those are probably the most effective prayers, probably the most effective prayers we can offer to God. And God, I think, will point us towards beautiful, beautiful ideas. And, this, and will hold us in this amazing, incredible peace. We're going to tie, tie that back in in a minute, this quiet. It was, it was interesting being down in Florida. One of the things I think about every time I go, as they would say here in Philadelphia, we always say go down to the shore, even though the shore is directly east. We always talk about going down to the shore. And anytime I go down to the shore, and again, this, this past week it was down in Florida, I'm reminded of this beautiful quote by T.S. Eliot, and I've quoted it a lot, but it's so profound. What is God's voice? God's voice is the silence between the waves. That's good. God's voice is the silence between the waves. And it's where we get to consider things in a different way and seek things in a different way. So let's take a look at, 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 at arguably the most famous Bible passage around this. This is a Bible passage from Luke 25. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? It's a very Jesus-y quote right there. Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, who was this famous king, most powerful king in all of, all of ancient Israel's history, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, 
and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And, and again, there, folks, notice the exclamation mark in the translation. I think that's Jesus saying that with a smile. Oh, you have little faith. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. In other words, God knows that you need those things. He knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you as well. Now, with seeking the kingdom there, folks, I, I'm not a believer at all in the prosperity gospel. In other words, if you live life with a certain way, a certain Christian way, that God's going to reward you with, with you know, the winning lottery ticket or something like that. That's not how it works. But what happens is when we seek God's kingdom... The worry changes. Content might not, but the worry changes. We just, we just start to see it. We start to see it so differently. We start this whole reframing process that really does start to change our lives. I mean, one of the examples, and I, I used this in here a couple of years ago, when you look at a dandelion, right? So let's just look at that. Consider the wildflowers. Well, in this part of the country, big wildflower is the ubiquitous dandelion. So when you look at that picture right there, is that picture good news or bad news? Is it good news or bad news? Good. Good. And bad. <laughs> it's like both. Right? That's what we're to consider. Like, I think that's so much of life, right? That's, that's life. And, and some of you are looking at that going like, yep, right there, right now. I, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm seeing this dandelion. I'm seeing this, this end of something. But these seeds are there. I think especially about that beautiful comment someone said about, yeah, I'm just not sure what role I'll play with my adult children. Get it, I get it. My kids are in their 20s and 30s. They don't call me any, every day anymore. <laughs> I'm thinking cats in the cradle here. I'm not gonna burst into song. Right, but... But that might be where we are. And there's bad news in that, right? There's, there's a death of sorts, an end of sorts, a change of sorts. But there's also this faith, and the faith is knowing that there's seeds, and the faith is knowing that God's going to take them. God, breath, wind, all the same word. The wind blows where it pleases. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know where it goes. And we don't know where it's going to carry the seeds. We don't know. Worrying will tell you that somehow you have to worry in order for it to look thus and so. Faith says, nope, it's just going to take it. Let it go. That dandelion can no more control the seeds than you control some of the impacts of your life on other people. Think about that. Your job is just to hold the seed and then to let it go when it's time. Hold the seed let it go when it's time. Can that be a sad thing? Absolutely. Can that be a happy thing? Absolutely. I think that's what Jesus is talking about when he's saying, consider the flowers, consider the wildflowers. Think about that. Hold that in your life. 
And then the second part, seek his kingdom. This is, there's a lot of cool parts, uh, you know, folks, of, of new church, Christian new church thought. And this is one of the more beautiful, stunningly beautiful ones, I think, for me. It's this idea of what is the kingdom of God? Consider the kingdom of God. We have the Lord's kingdom inside us because the Lord's kingdom consists solely in mutual love and the happiness that it brings. Think about that. Wow. So seek the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God. What what does that mean? Well, that means seek that mutual love. Seek that mutuality. And it's not seeking that mutuality. Again, like I'm out on this big, epic chase out there running around the world. No, it's, it's seeking the mutual love that's already, already inside of all of us. Like, that is so good. All of you, whether you're sitting in here, whether you're sitting in Oklahoma or California, all of you have sitting within you right now, right now, where you are, you already have seated deep within you the kingdom of God. And what is that? It's mutual love. That's why that coming back, not searching for an identity out there, but coming back to rediscover the identity in here, when you find that true self, you found the kingdom of God. That true self that's all about mutual love, that true self that is, that is constantly outward looking. And I, and I love... You know, Manuel Swedenborg always, not always, most of the time he has that word mutual in front of love. Because it, because it has that connotation of reciprocity. It has that connotation of working around in a circle. So as the musicians come out here, folks, just hold that, right? Hold that idea of what does it really look like to consider, to consider the world. Consider life, to see the growth patterns that are out there all around us. So that's just sort of this outward-looking thing. And what does it look like as well at the same time to seek the kingdom of God, knowing that it lies within, and that it might not have a whole lot to do with this. It might not have a whole lot to do with worry. It might have a whole lot more to do with love. it ever help me it's like the walls are caving in sometimes I feel like giving up no medicine is strong enough so help me crawling in my skin sometimes I feel like giving up but I just can't 
Trying to find a way to chill, can't breathe. Oh, is there somebody who can help me? It's like the walls are giving in. Sometimes I feel like giving up. No medicine is strong enough, so help me. I'm crawling in my skin. Sometimes I feel like giving up, but I just can't. It isn't in my blood. Sometimes I feel like giving up, but I just can't. It isn't in my blood. It isn't in my blood. Oh, I need somebody now. Someone to help me out. I need somebody now. I need somebody now. Help me. Like the walls are caving in Sometimes I feel like giving up But I just can't Thank you You know that, that song where it was played Like wow, that, you know I heard him, him and his brother Playing it this morning And it just like wow, gets to you, right? Because to me like the energy of that song Is Lord just help me not worry there's things that aren't in our blood, and it's, it's, it's like, help, help us to not worry. Because worry can be so hard. It can be so debilitating. And yet, we, we can find different ways to, to, to hold life. Like, I, I, I loved this, this line that someone said. Uh, you know, someone was texting, I was looking at their text backstage. Curiosity is no opinion, it is discovery. And, and maybe that's one of the challenges, right? Is curiosity has no opinion. But let me tell you, my worries certainly do have a bunch of opinions. You know, they know a lot of stuff. I don't want to use the word stuff there, but we're online, so we'll use the word stuff. You know, my worries know a lot. And that, that shift away from that, that shift to that, that openness. And, and I, I love this phrase. We, for those of you who don't know, every morning at New Church Live from 8.30 to, to 8, 8.40, we do something called 10 Minutes of Calm. And we just go through, we look at different biblical passages, we, we talk about them, have a beautiful little meditation. And, and somebody offered something, one of the ones this past week, and I, it's really the line I want to close on as our takeaway. This is from our dear friend, Deneen McCaffrey. And Deneen wrote, let the quiet work. Remember I talked about the sound between the wave? Let the quiet work. Don't let the worry work. Let the quiet work. You all have that still small point at the turning of the world you have within you, that's the kingdom of God. 
and and so much of that that friends is is like really taking a look at at what are we going to consider what are we going to seek when we look at that top 10 worry list again you know that that top 10 list and then thinking about well it's it's just it's just breathing right it's this breath so so what am I going to consider out there in the world that shows me this, these universal patterns of life? And what am I going to seek? But it's not a seeking out, it's a seeking in. The kingdom of God within, this mutual love, how am I going to find that? Just, just even imagine, folks, like let's just run through these real quick. Just imagine how life looks. What if, what if you were to search, to consider and seek work, things in work? Things around your finances, consider and seek. Things around your health, consider and seek. What others think, consider and seek. Your past, death, aging, friends or relatives' health, relationships, being late. And all those are so, it's such a different way to hold those things, right? It's such a different list. What if... What if that and the gratitude, the gratitude that kind of shines through all that, what if that was our job and not worry? And I I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I could tell you it's as easy as just hitting a light switch. And I can't lie, it's not that easy. And it is that powerful when we start to see that, and we start to see the worry in our lives slowly move away. Again, let me pull up, let me pull up that beautiful line. Finally, Mary Oliver, finally I saw that worrying had come to nothing and gave it up and took, and I love the word old body here, phrase, I took my old body, went into the morning and sang. Oh, that's, that is great theology. Because it's grounded in that idea, do not fret, it only brings harm. And there's a process there. There's a reality, we do age. And there's a reality of a a life that even within that, we can see all things new as God promises. So friends, let this be a week (laughs) where you consider the lilies. You consider, consider the wildflowers. Let this be a week where you seek as well. Seek the mutual love that is your divine inheritance, that is God in you, that God seeks to have move through you. And watch what happens. See what grows. And friends, have a good week with all of that. Amen. What we're going to do now is now I'm going to offer a prayer. Then we're going to offer the Lord's Prayer. And then a little line, a little Levitican blessing, a couple of thousand years old, which is kind of cool. And then we're going to have our final song just reminding us, don't worry, be happy. Please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, speaking on behalf of a congregation filled with worry and worries and worriers, Help us, Lord, maybe in some way today to have seen something a little different where we can just simply take the next step. That's it. 
Enough enlightenment that just helps us take the next step. Doesn't show the whole journey, doesn't get us the whole way there, but just helps us take the next step, which is a step away from worry and a step into truth and light and love. Help us to be there. Thank you, Lord, again, for all that this amazing congregation offers to each other. Their honesty, their truth, their laughter, their tears, Lord. It's constantly such a blessing. Constantly such a blessing. Help us all, Lord, to move forward in life in the ways that you call us to. Help us to move forward in life imperfectly as always with a smile on our face and joy and gratitude in our hearts. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. Have a great week, friends. Sing along, guys. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note, so don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. But when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy.
Ain't got no cash, ain't got no style Ain't got no girl to make you smile But don't worry Be happy Cause when you worry your face will frown And that will bring everybody down So don't worry Be happy as you can Have a great week. Don't worry. Be happy. I think you should know for no, don't worry. 